All right, so the first thing I want you to do, I want you to look around, look to somebody next to you, look, them, look at them and say, you bring me so much joy. It's just hard to say that, right, without a smile on your face. You're like, you, I like, I love, here's a parent looking at their teenage daughter, the teenage daughter's like, don't look at me. Sometimes you bring me joy, and then there's other times when real life kicks in. But it's a good thing that joy is not dependent on outward circumstances, right? All right, so we're going to talk about that this morning. It's the Advent, it's the season, the coming of joy into the world through the birth of Jesus Christ. It's the reason for the season. It's why we celebrate. It's why we light the candles. And so we're going to talk about this morning. One of the interesting things, if you look in the book of Luke, and just, just for reference, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but if you have a Bible, in the book of Luke, starting at the very first part, you know, um, Justin was up here and he read, he read the, uh, the scripture that talks about he will cause great joy for all people. And that's how the book starts, like the coming of Jesus, causing great joy in the hearts of people, in the lives of people, all people, it says. And then at the end of the book of Luke, it's interesting because after the resurrection and after Jesus ascends into heaven, it says the disciples return to the city rejoicing with great joy. And so it's true. It happened. It really did happen. He brought joy to these people. And I hope that he has brought joy into your life as well. I hope that he will bring joy to you if he hasn't already. That's our hope, obviously, as the body of Christ is the church. So the birth equals joy. The resurrection equals joy. And we wait for Jesus to return, which, my friends, is going to bring great joy. Amen, right? That's a whole other sermon. That's like two sermons. That's a sermon right there. We could go on with that, but we got more to talk about. So Jesus told his disciples, right, he told his closest followers, he says, they, that you will weep and you will mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Now he was telling them this as he was preparing them for his death and his resurrection. He says, you're going to weep. It's only going to be a short period of time. They didn't know. In a little while, he said, I'm going to come return. I'm going to come back to you. But you'll weep and you'll mourn while the world rejoices. So while the world is celebrating, you'll be weeping and mourning. But your grief is going to turn into great joy. Now, isn't that good news while you're going through a difficult struggle or a trial in your life? Right? You're going to be weeping and you're mourning, but your grief will turn to joy. Okay, And we get microcosm pictures of that in our life every single day, maybe, or every single week, where we're going through difficult times, and then that grief turns into joy. And then you think about the big picture of life itself. You think about the, the um, creation of the world and then all the stuff that happens between the creation and the time that Jesus comes to redeem it all. There's great trial, great weeping and mourning throughout, throughout this, this difficult time called life. And then there's going to be great joy. All right, so that's the big picture of it. So think about that. Big picture happens in the, in the beginning of the Bible all the way through the end. And in our life, it happens for us each and every day. <laughs> Or each and every week, sometimes months, sometimes years. But the good news is, is it will turn to joy. I love the fact that he's talking about this time between the cross and the empty tomb. He gives an example in John chapter 16. He gives an example of a mother giving birth to a child. All right? So moms, raise your hand. Those of you who have birthed children. Okay? My guess is, now I've heard, I don't know for sure. I've never been there. 
I've observed it, but my guess is there is some time of trial and struggle, right, in this whole birthing process. Can I get an amen? Women. Amen. All right. There's some, is there some pain involved? Is it as great as the pain of raving, raising a teenager? I don't know. It's the, you know, maybe compare the two. <laughs> but there was some pain. But then it says in Scripture that after the baby is born and is laid into the mother's arms, she forgets about the pain because of the great joy that this child brings you, right? Now, I can see Yesenia. I know she had a baby four months ago and so many days. There was some pain involved, but then just picture this baby in her arms. and She forgets about the pain because of the great joy this child has brought. You know, Jesus told his followers at the end of chapter 16 in in the book of John, he says that in this world you're going to have trouble. Can I get an amen to that? Right? We we don't have to look very far (laughs) to see that there is some trouble in this world that we live in. But he says this, but take heart. In a sense, he's saying, but have joy, but have joy because this is why you can have joy because Jesus says, I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So in Christ, guess what? We have overcome the world. We win. If you have faith in Jesus, you win. And there's going to be ultimate joy someday, right? And we believe in that and we, we have hope for that and we look forward to that. So Jesus comes into the world to bring joy then. Jesus comes into your life right now to bring joy. And Jesus is coming back again to bring ultimate joy for all people, for those who have their faith in him. So that's kind of like that, that first sermon. That first sermon's over. Amen. All right, moving on to the second one. The word joy comes from this Greek word meaning chara, means to be exceedingly glad. Exceedingly glad. James 1 and 2 says this. You may want to turn to the book of James real quick. This would be a good, good place to start. Lots of verses about joy in Scripture. James chapter 1, okay, if you have your Bible. If you need a Bible, we have some that are provided for you. You can always take one. You can keep it if you want. James chapter 1. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face many kinds of trials. Many kinds of trials. Okay? In this particular passage of scripture to the audience that he's writing to he's specifically speaking about persecution being tried for your faith facing some uh difficult times like maybe loss of loss of income loss of community which in that particular time of 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 life or in that time of of the bible if you lost community you lost connection with with all of all people that where you get your resources from so you're like you you're outside of your kinship group if you will outside of your community and therefore you don't have access to resources to live and so to be persecuted in those days it was it was very serious it was very serious now that happens did you know that happens all over the world today it hasn't come to america yet but hang on because it may come to america someday where literally you have to choose between your faith and a piece of bread. And then the time of testing will come. <laughs> Matter of fact, it says that uh, later on, that it says it's a, it's a testing of our faith, these trials that come. Now, there are also many other um, trials, and we'll talk about those in a second. But when he's talking about persecution, Jesus actually talked about it when he said that blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, there's that word in there, rejoice and be glad because great 
is your reward in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. What about more common trials or things that we face today? So let me ask you, what are some, if you will, joy just suckers in your life? <laughs> that just, just take the joy right out of life, or at least attempts to do that. Okay, so many, there's many common trials that we face. Now, side note, I'm going to step over to the side for a second. Side note, he's not talking about the trials that you face when you actually make some choices that bring kind of consequences into your life. Like, for, he's not talking about the trials of sin. Like, when you do something that you know does not bring honor to God and there's consequences, he's not talking about those kind of trials. Now, we have, we have to face trials in that sense, but it's kind of self— <laughs> You, you just do that to yourself. He's not talking about that. He's talking about things kind of on the outside that affect us. So what are some, some, some common trials that we face as human beings, as people that live in the world that we live in today? All right, so we're, this is family. We're all here together, all right? People around you bring joy. I want to know from you what brings, it might be the person that you just said brings joy to you. Maybe they bring some trials to you as well, all right? Maybe. Don't admit that out loud, at least not here in well, no, you can do it here in church. It's a great place to do that. We'll pray about it later. <laughs> pray right now. <laughs> Maybe you just put your hand on that person and pray for him right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, so what are some, seriously, what are some things that face, I got some ideas, I got some thoughts, some things I've experienced um, in my own life and in our body, but what do you think? Conflict at work. Anybody ever experience any conflict at work? Even if you work by yourself, you conflict with yourself, <laughs> argue with yourself. All right. How about students conflict at school? Any drama, girls? Any drama? I say girls, but guys too. But just drama at school, right? Some trials that you face. Okay. Um, what else? Sick mother. Uh, ran into a couple just the other day, and they're not here this morning because they're caring for an ailing parent, and it is all-consuming right now in their life. And that's just the season that they're in. We experienced that a little bit with a with, uh, Trish's father-in-law, but he doesn't live with us, and that makes it even a little more challenging for sure. Uh, loss of a child, and maybe not just in death, but loss of relationship with a child. Some stuff going on, and they just have separated themselves from their, your family. That's, a, that's definitely a trial, and it's a difficult, difficult thing to walk through. What else? Too much month at the end of the money? Yeah, it's not just a country song, it's a reality. <laughs> Sometimes that happens, right? You're like, whoa, we got a couple days left, you know? We experience it in our, in our family like, like this. I, I, I relate it to the data access to our, you know, we have like only so much data left. We have like 15 days left in the month. We're already more than halfway through the data, all right? Then you look at your bank account and think, it's the same picture. We got to slow down on the data spending here. We got to slow down on some of the, uh, no more, we're, we're not going out to eat tonight, <laughs> We're going to eat ramen or whatever it is that we have in the house. So yesterday, we had uh, an experience with a family in our church where somebody busted into their, their uh, car window while they're out to eat the night before, took everything out of their back seat. And, and you, that's a trial. You, you feel violated. You feel they, they took stuff that, that was important to me and it belonged to me. So how could you ever consider that going through these situations to be a reason to feel joy? How is that possible? Well, James 1.3 says, gives us a little bit of a clue in this. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So why do you take a test in school? Why do your teachers give you tests? 
And you're like, I have no idea. I've been asked, you're going to be taking some tests next week, I have a feeling, some of you. Isn't it to see what you already know? Okay, right. They want to see what you already know. Sometimes testing comes in our life for, the, for I think, the Lord to see not only what you already know, but how, how convinced are you really of this truth? <laughs> how serious are you about this? I'm testing your faith, your commitment, your level of commitment. And so with that, comes something that's going to be produced new in you, and it's going to be producing things like perseverance. Perseverance is so crucial, right? So that we don't give up. Testing comes, we walk through this trial, whatever it is that comes into our life, and it produces perseverance in us. We become to see how genuine our faith is, how real it is to us. Like, do we really believe this stuff? I mean, honestly, do we really believe this? Well, then you can have an opportunity to live that out. Because actions really will start speaking louder than words. So let perseverance then finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God is a God of wholeness. He wants to complete works in your life. He doesn't want to leave things open-ended. He wants to complete. He is going to complete creation someday. Can I get an amen to that? It's coming, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to complete it. We may think it's a long way out there, and it may seem like it'll never come. Just like for some, we think, will Christmas ever come? Will finals ever be over? Will this job ever be done? But he is a God that completes things. He's the author and perfecter of things. To perfect it is to complete it. And that's what he's doing. And he's going to use these trials and these things in our life to produce these things in us. And so because of that, you can have pure joy. It's not that you're out looking for difficult things to go through so that you can be tested and, and receive perseverance. We don't, none of us, none of us, we love ourselves too much for that. None of us really want to do that. But in reality, is there's things are coming. They're already here. We've already experienced them. And I hate to tell you this, but you know what? You're probably going to experience some more later on today or tomorrow. <laughs> Or the next day. But he says, consider these things all joy. Because we know it's producing something good in us. God wouldn't give it to us if he didn't think something good could come out of it. And so instead of like, no! Go like, yes! Bring it on! Let's go! Teach me. Encourage me. Build me. Grow me. So this deep abiding joy comes when we persevere through these trials God helps us and he, and he strengthens us through those. Now, happiness compared to joy, okay? Happiness tends to be fleeting and it depends on temporal factors like circumstances or other people, okay? Because we all have, there's, there's a lot of things that make us happy. You know, we can start talking about things that make us happy, okay? And we can come up with all kinds of things, right? Throw out something that makes you happy. Family makes us happy. And can be a trial at the same time. But family makes us happy. Food. Man, my stomach's growling right now. Man, I'd be happy if I had something to eat. All right, but then you, after you eat, then you're like, oh, man, I'm not happy anymore. <laughs> my stomach hurts. <laughs> I'm never going to eat again. And then we're lying because we know we're going to eat again four hours later. So, but, but it's temporal, right? It's depending upon outside cir- or circumstances that are kind of not really under our control. And once we're happy one moment, and then we're sad the next. It's different than joy. Joy, on the other hand, is true contentment that comes 
from eternal factors, or internal and eternal, really. And it comes from faith. So joy is everlasting and not dependent upon circumstances. Do you understand that? It's not depending upon circumstances. Now, there's circumstances in our life that do create joy moments in our life, for sure. Okay? And so what is that? Let me, tell, let me ask you this. What brings you joy? When I'm talking about joy, I'm not talking about the sweet lady that does all the greeting and the stuff here. She's great, but not that kind of joy. What brings you joy? Worship music. Awesome. Kids, yeah, kids bring you joy. You're awesome. The person next to you, we already talked about that, brings you joy. Here's something that brought me joy. Now, joy, I think, is different from happiness. For one, it's connected to relationships. Okay, it's deeper than just the, it's, it, it can be something external, but then it becomes internal when you, when you find the connection. This picture came in the mail to me this week. Now, I am on the left-hand side, and you really can't see. I wish we could put it up on the screen, but I have hair in this picture, and that brings me great joy. And and I have a beard, stylish beard, and a long nose, just like real life. I have no hands, but I'm really tall, so that's awesome. And then that's my wife next to me. And when this young man was asked to send a note to someone to encourage them, he picked me. And the reason why this note brings me so much joy, it's not because it is a, a work of art that will be worth millions someday. It is because it's connected to a story, connected to a family. And if you know this little boy who, wrote, who drew this picture, it would bring you joy too because this little guy is deep for a little boy. He, he prays unlike a little boy we think would pray. He came up to me one time at a church service, and it's like he wanted to pray. I was like, well, you want to pray right here? No, I want to pray up there. And this was at Vineyard Church, the church I was at before we started this church. And we walked all the way up to the front. We got up on the stage so that he could pray. And he, I thought he wanted me to pray for him, but he wanted to pray for me. Now, that brings me so much joy when I think about the connection. And it's just a simple picture. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to cost a lot in order to to work right that's good news with Christmas coming around the corner (laughs) so the Bible teaches that happiness is fleeting because it depends on things outside of ourselves but true joy is eternal because it is based on our relationship with Jesus Christ which itself is everlasting source of joy by the way that's where we get the greatest amount of joy from I want you to feel something this morning do you know that Jesus takes great joy in you some of you don't believe that do you Some of you don't believe it. Too many other things in life have stole your happiness and stole your joy. Or you maybe put so much stock in those things and they kind of come up empty. And maybe based on opinions of those around you, you how can anybody really truly take joy in me? How can anybody feel that way about me? I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worth that. Let me change your mind. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Starting verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And he's just speaking real because he knows, he knows who, how we are, who we are. And there's things that get in the way that hold us back from running this race 
With what? What does he say we should run the race with? Perseverance. (laughs) He wants us to run it with perseverance. There's too many temptations, too many things that get in the way that cause us and for us to want to just give up. Give up on our marriage. Give up on our job. Give up on our kids. Give up on our bank account. Give up on anything that gets in the way. Well, sometimes gets in the way of us being happy, right? But he says, throw off anything that gets in the way so that you might run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Do you know as a community, as a body of Christ, as those who are fellow believers, there is a race, there is a plan and a purpose for us that he's marked out for us. It's already there for us and he wants us to run it and he wants us to run it together. There's so much joy in community, by the way. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, so he gives us this this thing that we are to look out. So in a sense, it's like this. It's like we're looking out, and on on the other side of all of the stuff that could get in the way of our joy, we see Jesus. And it's not Jesus with his back turned toward us, unconcerned about us. It's Jesus with his face turned towards us. It's a sense of like this, like, come on, keep running. Don't give up. Don't let the joy suckers win. All right? Keep moving forward. Come on. You can do this. You know why Jesus knows we can do it? Because he's already been through it, and he's on the other side of it saying, you can make it. Come on. And he's saying, let's do this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Okay, he's the pioneer, perfecter of our faith. Remember, he's perfecting, he's working, he's finishing the work. And it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So, so as we look at Jesus on the other end of all of the obstacles, all the other things that could get in the, the way, even this Christmas season that could steal our joy, we see Jesus, him saying, come, listen. Some scholars would say the joy that was set before Jesus was to bring glory to his Father. And you know what? Amen. It's true. Because Jesus found great joy in bringing glory to his Father. Can I blow your mind this morning? The greatest glory that he can bring his Father is your redeemed life. That's it. You are the joy set before Jesus. So think about this thought. It's just crazy. Jesus on the other side of the cross, knowing what it is that he's going to face, that trial... More difficult than anything you have ever been or will ever go through in your life. I guarantee it. That should give you some hope and some joy this morning. On the other side of the cross is you. Is it you saying, Jesus, come on. Get through the cross because here I am. And without you, there is no hope for me. I need you to redeem my broken, messed up life. Do you get that? Jesus sees you on the other side of the cross. He takes so much joy in you. That should give your life great value, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't get anything else for Christmas this year, that should be enough. And this is not an emotional plea. It is the truth that should cause you to live differently than the rest of the world. You know, yeah, here we're, we're here on earth and we're weeping and we're mourning, but joy is coming. His joy comes in the morning. His joy comes soon. His joy can come right now. Consider him who endured such opposition so that we not grow weary and lose heart. Think about what Jesus has done. There was a time in the book of Luke uh, chapter 10, Jesus has sent out his, his uh, 
followers, his disciples, he had prepared them. And he's like, all right, you're going on a mission trip. Sending you out. Do you realize when you leave church, that's where you go (laughs) on a mission trip? Maybe you never leave the country, but it might require you to leave your comfort zone a little bit. And so Jesus sends them out. They come back. It says, rejoicing and full of joy because Jesus, even the demons responded to us. Like we had had authority over the demons. And Jesus is like, yo, bro, I know because I gave you that authority. I know where it comes from. And they were so excited. Like, yeah, man, we crushed the demons. It was awesome. We won. Victory. Woohoo. And Jesus is like, dude, (laughs) that's awesome. I get it. I saw Satan fall from heaven. I've been there, done that. I know. But you know what he says you should get more joy out of than having this incredible authority and great victory over trials in our lives? He says rejoice to the fact your name is written in the book. That is the thing that should give us the most joy. When you know that, then everything else becomes, a, it becomes fuel for your fire, if you will. It becomes the ability to, to, to receive the testing and become more perseverant and and all the things that come along with that like when we realize the joy that comes with our name being in the book of life listen there is no other reason really truly for us to get up in the morning if it wasn't for that there's no other reason for us to gather here there's no other reason to go out and tell other people about this hope that we have in christ listen if you know that hope ladies and gentlemen let it let that gift alone cause you to share that same hope with other people around you now talk about knowing about joy and feeling this deeply well jesus told his disciples if you want my joy to be made complete in you it's going to require something of you he's going to say he told them this in john chapter 15 he said uh obey my commands be obedient like i've been obedient love like i've loved you and he says and this is my command love each other your joy will be made complete in loving other people and in giving, really. That's how your joy is made complete in this world. If you haven't experienced that true joy yet in the Lord, it's probably because you haven't been giving. And I'm not talking about money. and Yeah, I am sometimes. (laughs) It's money and gifts and deeds and just actions and loving and serving. Jesus said, no greater love has a man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. And that's how you experience this great joy. So, We have a practical way of doing that this morning. Now, if you're a guest here this morning and you have your own church and you're not going to be back, that's fine. But if you call this your church home, I like to do practical things that you can put your faith into action immediately. Because if you don't, you just forget what I said five minutes from now anyway. So this will give you an opportunity to put it into practice. On Christmas Eve, our prayer is that there'll be enough children, because we're going to invite people to come, invite people in our, in our neighborhood, in our community, to come to church on Christmas Eve. And we hope that there's going to be enough children here that every single one of these stockings that's hanging up here represents a kid. And so what we're doing is we're asking if you would be willing to give $5, that's what each stocking represents, that will cover the cost of the gifts we're going to put in a real stocking and give to every kid that comes, Okay. And so this is just a practical way of demonstrating love. And regardless of every stocking, stocking's taken or not, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to give every child that comes a gift that night. But that's just a way of, of opening up our doors. We have plenty of seats to go around. So we know that uh, if we can get kids to come, 
and their parents will come with them, we can share the same joy with them that we have, right? Because my guess is, is most of you in this room are already convinced. There might be a few that are like, I'm still wrestling, still trying to decide if this Jesus thing is what I really want to fully invest in. So what we're going to do is if you, this is your church home, and there, if you're, this is not your church home, you can, you can give too if you want, but what you'll do is you'll take a stocking, you'll put the money in the envelope, and then you're just going to drop it in the offering basket as you leave today. Okay? It's a real simple way. This is not uh, coercion <laughs> or extortion. This is an opportunity for you to give, an opportunity for you to serve. But more than just putting $5 in there, I want you to think about the kid that that stocking represents, a little boy, a little girl, teenage boy, teenage girl, that maybe on Christmas Eve they'll come at no other time, they'll come to church, and that they may hear the good news of Jesus Christ that night and their life will be changed forever. I mean, there's a possibility that could happen, right? And so each stocking represents that, that thing, that a young man or a young uh, girl. And so let me pray. And then um, if, you, if, you're, if you feel led to do that, and I know you're just like, well, I feel kind of some pressure to do that. No, you don't. You don't have to. Maybe we'll run out of stockings. I don't know. All right. Actually, you know what? No, I'm, let's just do it that way. Let's do it that way. So let's pray. So even now, Lord, we just pray that you would uh, remind us of the, the joy that comes knowing that our names are written in the book of life because of our faith in what Jesus did on the cross. May we experience great joy because of that. May that be the reason that we, that we can endure trials in our life, that we know that there's something greater for us that's out there, that we haven't, haven't received it fully yet, but, but we know we're going to because you're going to complete a work in us. Maybe to this morning there's some, some that are here that have never fully put their hope in Jesus and that they today would, would extend their heart to you and that you would receive it, Lord, and that you would come to reside in them and bring them great joy, that their name would be written in the book as well because of their faith in you, because of their trust in you. So would you touch our hearts this year, this Christmas season, so that we would we would experience a complete joy in us as we love others, as we give, as we bless others, Lord, as we put ourselves aside for just a moment and we look around and see who is in need, who is in my life that, that we can touch with practical ways. And Lord, these stockings are just practical ways that we can touch people's lives. So bless the gift, bless the uh, giver, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. So as Tony plays, if you feel led to come, and this will be kind of the way we end our service. So it'll just, like, you can come forward or you can walk out the back door, whichever one you want to do. But uh, the offering baskets will be at each door. And so you can put your regular offering in there. And if you want to participate in this, just take a stocking and put it in the basket. Bless you. Thank you for being here. Bring some joy to some other people this Christmas season.